BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. And let me welcome you and thank you and just repeat again, it's just a phenomenal honor uh, to sit in for the Maha Rushi. 800-282-2882 if you want to be in the program. The New York Times, oh, it's a panic meter. I went to the uh, homepage of the Times this morning, and don't worry, I use all sorts of prophylactics, uh, gels, etc. on the screens of my devices when I go to that page. You don't want to catch anything. The panic. It is. It's palpable. It, it was emanating from the page. There was not a cliche. The Times missed throwing at the Republicans. It was a panic page filled with hysteria, and it was hilarious. The panic in the mainstream media corridors, I can feel it from here. If you sit where you're at and just for a second just try to, and I know this is a terrible thing to ask you to do, but if you just think a little bit like Brian Williams, you can feel it. Remember, the New York Times did a turn. They did a turn to after Russia fell apart. There was a great article that even named sources that, you know, the senior editorship, editorship at the New York Times said, hey, the, the Russia thing that's gone. We've, we built our newsroom around Russia. It's gone. You know, I just pictured the newsroom just panicked. They're sitting there crouched. What will we do? There's no Russia. What will we do? And suddenly the senior leadership of the New York Times said, pivot to race. And they did. And last night, if you are in an honest world, last night, the fiction that the United States of America is a uniquely racist country was destroyed or redestroyed. And it's not because there were people of color who spoke. It's because of the stories they told. But more importantly, this, it's because of the Struggles that they cherish. Because struggling is ownership. Struggling and struggling through allow a person to say, this success is mine. It's the very opposite. of you, 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 you didn't build that. 
It's the very opposite of what the Democrats promise, which is to do everything for you, which gives them then license to do anything to you. Anytime a being is in a position to do anything for you, it's in a position to do anything to you. This is not a position we want to be in. Senator Tim Scott spoke of an imperfect union. He spoke of an imperfect country. He spoke of that country with love. Because we are an imperfect people, because we are human beings, we cannot be perfected by laws and diktats and socialism and more Joe Biden and more Kamala Harris side. That's not going to perfect us. More street battles aren't going to perfect us. The tearing down of statues will not perfect us. The installation of tyranny and cultural Marxism, it will not perfect us. We cannot be perfected. There was only one perfect person. And in my worldview, that perfect person died for us. Tim Scott spoke of an imperfect union. He spoke of something so key, and this was a theme, a sub-theme. It's the most important sub-theme to freedom, and that is the right to fail. The right to fail is fundamental to the right to succeed. Tim Scott spoke about failing school. And his mother didn't say, well, you're a failure. Why don't you go park right under here, under the Democrat tent, and be life's failure, and be life's loser, and have the kind Nancy Pelosi, or perhaps Strom Thurmond, take care of you. No, Strom Thurmond, for who he was, was defeated by that man in an election, Tim Scott, because Tim Scott chose a different path. He chose a pathway to continually have the right to try and to fail. And he spoke of some words, he spoke some words that to me embody one of the differences between us and the left. He spoke of the evolution of the Southern heart. That strikes through the cold, dead heart of the race hustling on the left of the myth of white fragility, it strikes it to its heart. Because we're human, because we're fallible, we also have the capacity to evolve in our thinking and our behaviors, and we have done that, and perhaps no nation has done a better job of that than the United States of America. And Tim Scott spoke to some of the historical injustices which are, which are endemic to the human species. We are imperfect we do adapt and evolve and get better and tim scott recognized that in his speech in his stellar speech and across the board from cnn to nbc to abc they were saying effectively to tim scott and i understand that this could be a provocative statement but they were saying to him get back in your place get back over with us Tim Scott, in speaking of this evolution in the heart of the South, speaks of something else. It drives a stake through the myth of systematic racism. Let me be perfectly clear. Of course, there's racists. We are a failed species. We try. We lift ourselves up. I think the United States has done as good a job, if not better, than any nation in lifting ourselves up and becoming better. Systematic Racism means that couldn't have happened 
the Tim Scott story couldn't have happened. The Nikki Haley story couldn't have happened. The Maximo Alvarez story couldn't have happened. When Tim Scott speaks of the evolution of the Southern heart, he speaks, of course, of the evolution of human beings. Human beings are systems. Without humans, what are systems? They're pieces of paper, they're walls, they're doorways, they're windows, they're computers. But they're not interactions. Furthermore, the system of America, and this is one of our exceptional qualities. This is the one of the keys to American exceptionalism. Our system was designed to evolve peacefully through the peaceful transfer of power, a peaceful transfer of power that Barack Obama and Joe Biden and Susan Rice and Jimmy Clapper and James Comey tried to prevent with the Russia hoax. They tried to prevent the peaceful transfer of power. Our system is designed for a species that evolves and adapts and becomes better because of the design of our system, because our founders said we must have a way to peacefully grow society, to peacefully make changes, to peacefully have consequence to the redress of grievance. The First Amendment gives us the right, unalienable right, to address the government for our grievances. If you have a right to address the government for grievances, but no system by which you can remedy the grievances, you have basically social media. But we do have tools to cause changes drawn by, inspired by, drawn attention to by our grievances. That's the voting booth. That's legislation. It is our system of governance that can evolve over time. That's not systematically racist. There are racists in our midst. There always will be. There are people who look down upon people for being fat or overweight, as my father was. There are people who look down upon people like me for driving a big truck or or for looking weird, having gray hair or short hair. It happens. Tim Scott did not park under victimization. And so you have media people saying, get back over where you belong. Don't tell your story of success. Maximo Alvarez reminded me of one of the most precious stories and experiences I've ever had. This is a man who is done fleeing tyranny. This is a man with a warning. And maybe this is what the the major media, the liberal media, maybe this is what they found dark because they watched a dark convention. They watched a convention filled with fear. Maybe they watched it with weird colored circus type glasses on and terrible pulsing horror show movie music in the background. Maximo Alvarez didn't speak of fear. He spoke of parents with kids who couldn't swim, who went into an open ocean to come to a land. Well, in perfect, built within its imperfect system, the ability to peacefully grow, to peacefully adapt. He has seen the opposite, and he said, I choose President Trump because I choose America. There is a party a major political party that does not choose America. They choose riots. 
They choose street violence. And make no mistake, this is funded. It's logistically supported. I'm on the West Coast. This stuff was test marketed here. It's being test marketed in Portland. It's meant as propaganda value for your cities like Denver. I saw what happened in your beautiful city. In Wisconsin, I see what's happening in your state and in the city of, uh, in the cities back there. I see it. There's a political party that doesn't choose America. They choose that. And they choose much more. We'll continue to compare these things as we roll through Russia's program. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Hey, it's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Thanks to 590 KQNT in Spokane. Let me use the studio normally every uh, weekday morning, in fact, to do a talk show at 770KTTH in Seattle. Last night in an honest world, the mythology of the United States of America as a uniquely racist country was was tossed to the side. Despite all of the panic, the miasma of panic making its way around newsrooms around the country. And it's it's profoundly it's well, it's at one part funny. It's at another part very depressing to watch these people encounter this sort of panic panic in their life because of a convention. And a convention that we saw, at least I saw, as extremely hopeful. I don't know what you saw. That's what I saw. And to see Tim Scott speak some words that I believe compress into one idea how America is able to evolve, first of all, from the human heart, but then the heart can only do so much. You need systems in place. And there is, in American exceptionalism, There is an ability to change over time. And Tim Scott spoke of the evolution of the Southern heart. After starting my small business and spending some time in local government, I decided to run for Congress in 2010. The district is based in Charleston, South Carolina, where the Civil War started against a son of our legendary Senator Strom Thurmond. You may be asking yourself, how does a poor black kid from a single-parent household run and win in a race crowded with Republicans against the Thurman? Because of the evolution of the Southern heart. In an overwhelmingly white district, the voters judged me not on the color of my skin, but on the content of my character. And this is what we're told doesn't happen. This is what we're told is impossible because of our of, of the white fragility. There is a dynamic that is so unbelievably disturbing and unbelievably obvious that I pray. And when I say that, I mean on my knees that people understand we have a political party that is scapegoating a race of people. Openly scapegoating a race of people, scapegoating white people, specifically straight white men. That has never in history ended well, but it is always, always the tool of tyrants. They always must build up them. This is them, and they have what you should have, except they've taken it from you. And even if they never touched anything of yours, even if they've never been in your proximity, they've taken it from you. Even if they're six years old, they've somehow taken it from you because of their DNA. This is the evil evil design of the idea of white fragility it is this you're either a zombie and you know it or you're a zombie and you don't know it you're either a racist and you know it or you're a racist and you don't know it tim scott has faced racism herschel walker has faced it nikki haley has faced it 
again, the myth was blown out of the water, not because people of color spoke, but because of the stories they told and the struggles that they cherish. And speaking of the struggles, Maximo Alvarez knows exactly what President Trump is fighting. President Trump, he's fighting the forces of anarchy and communism. And I know he will continue to do just that. And what about his opponent and the rest of the D.C. swamp? I have no doubt they will hand the country over to those dangerous forces. You and I will decide. And here's what I've decided. My decision is very easy. I choose President Trump because I choose America. I listened to that man, and I am drawn back into a grocery store in downtown Spokane, Washington, and I was a little boy. And we had some neighbors, and the neighbors had rescued one of their, um, one of their fathers, grandfathers, from Cuba. And I don't know the full family history because it's not my family, but I remember the time. I remember the setting. I remember that they had to pay this gentleman, buy this gentleman out of Cuba twice because the first time... Castro didn't let him come out. And I remember standing in the grocery store. I remember it was a perfectly natural day. And I remember the gentleman's nickname. And I remember that he didn't walk so well. He was aged. And these were my dear friends. And I remember standing in the grocery store. And we got to the cereal aisle. And this man who had to be bought out of Cuba twice, who had been a business owner in Cuba, stood in the grocery, in, in the grocery store in the cereal aisle. And he looked around him and he said, which which one do we have to buy? He meant which cereal are we forced to purchase? And his daughter said to him, Papa, we can buy whichever ones we want. And the old man wept in the cereal aisle. And he wept at the choice that was presented him. And in the RNC convention, and I'll go on the record, I normally don't watch conventions. I read the transcripts. I normally don't watch political speeches. I read the transcripts. I choose not to follow personalities. I choose to follow policies. I choose to follow progress and promises, and I choose to track things this way. But last night, I didn't watch a convention of grandstanding. I watched a convention of clarity. I watched Maximo Alvarez, who knows what we're fighting, who knows what is coming our way, because he has seen it and others have seen it. And it's very real. It's not pretend this time. These aren't playthings. When you have a major political party's VP candidate, Kamala Harrisai, who is, and I say that because there's multiple people who make her up. She's not an individual human being. She'll be whatever is needed to be at the moment to gain power. That's it. When she's spending her time raising money for bail funds to get people out so they never even spend a night in jail. In Kenosha, I want you to know, I see what's happening to your community. My heart breaks. We'll talk about the details of that. Also know this. There are lawyers there, and they're bailing these people out, and they're funded, and they're logistically supported. And the reality is this. This is different this time. It's different because of the logistics and the support and because you have people now openly protecting the activities of rioters while they openly destroy the activities of churchgoers and small business. And this is the choice, and that is the election. And Maximo Alvarez is warning us, not in fear, in strength and in hope, he warns this country.
Get to your phone calls at 800-282-2882. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Can't wait to talk to you today as we continue to explore the RNC convention. It is a tremendous honor to fill in for Rush Limbaugh, 800-282-2882. Kenosha, Wisconsin is, uh, is burning down. I mean, and so for the people in Wisconsin, let me just stop for a second with the talk radio stuff. And let me just reach to you and tell you that I am extremely sad to see what's going on in your community. And I feel a lot of anger about what I'm seeing. And I'm not an angry person. I don't choose to do that politically. Uh, but those aren't my car lots and those aren't my homes and businesses uh, being destroyed. And let me say this about what we're watching from the, the usual suspects in the media. I have a mild suggestion for you. Maybe don't make race the focus of something if you have no idea if race is a focus of something. I know that that breaks down the narrative, and we've been talking about this this morning. We've been talking about this afternoon, depending where you are. We've been talking about the just the blown myth that America is systematically racism, the blown myth of white fragility. It was blown out last night, not not because of people of color speaking, but because of the struggles that they cherish and the outcomes that cannot happen in a society that is not built to evolve because we are governed at the consent of the governed, we, through a legal means, a non-street violence means, get to change things. Here's what we're finding out now. After the media had said a white cop and you know the rest, shot an unarmed black man and you know the rest, we're finding a tragedy, of course. Lives taken are tragic. Lives at the risk of being taken are tragic. It is. That's a fact. It's a moral fact. We have to turn to the foreign press. And this morning, it was the Daily Mail that has the full video of the interaction between the police officers and Jake Blake. And what what we appear to see in the video is a scuffle, a bit of a wrestling match, and Jacob Blake then going to his car. And police officers have a responsibility to go home to their kids. They were apparently called to break up a fight, and apparently Jacob Blake preferred to break up the fight. And according to what I've read, even in the Washington Post, Blake was tased, and he didn't stop. And it doesn't mean that I'm excited to see a human life taken. I don't think the cops wanted that. But according to another media report, this from way back in September 22nd, 2015, from the Racine County Edge, another suspect named Jacob Blake, who looks a lot like the Jacob Blake of the other night, apparently had a habit of keeping firearms in his car. And as I understand it, after telling officers they weren't there, cops have a responsibility to go home. Last night during the convention, State Representative Vernon Jones spoke about police officers. Police officers are our fellow citizens. They live in our country. They have families, too. They live in our communities. Unfortunately, Democrats have turned their backs on our brave police officers. They call it defunding. And it's a danger to our cities, our neighborhoods, and our children. Isn't it ironic that Democrat politicians have personal security to protect them? So why don't they forego their security and replace them with social workers, especially since that's what they want for you and me? 
that can sound like an absurdity. And let me just tell you, straight from Seattle and Portland and the West Coast, and in fact, in other cities around the country, Minneapolis, you know this. It's not a joke. It's not an accident. It's a win-win for the left. The, the cities continue to destabilize, and so they can say, we need more control. And as criminals become more emboldened, no, I'm not going to listen to the police. In, in Seattle, is my understanding, last night, they once again tried to burn down a police station. They've made several attempts to burn down police stations in Portland. Folks, they have blinded, perhaps for life, three federal officers who may never again see their children. These actions are real, and they're being sponsored from the top and funded logistically. And the police officers have a right and a responsibility to go home. And the Democrats have done more than turn their back. They've, they've gone from just scapegoating a race of people, which is unconscionably evil, to scapegoat an entire race of people to make them the cause of all evil. It is unspeakably perverse. They're also now getting specific that all cops, A-C-A-B, all cops are B-words. There's breweries in the West Coast to put that on the bottom of their beer can, seeking attention and virtue signaling and praise from the Democrat Party. Has the choice been more stark in our history of elections? Let's talk to Connie in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Connie, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Appreciate you calling. Morning, Connie. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. And it's- Connie, go ahead. Growing up in Milwaukee. So we're going to have a, a situation with the phones. I can't hear Connie, but we'll put Connie on hold. There it is. Oh, okay, Connie. Good morning. Welcome. Good Hello. morning. Hi. Yes, just wanted to mention, grew up in Milwaukee. My family, we're still there. And in, in the 80s, early 80s, late 70s in high school, growing up, riding bikes through town, down to the lakefront, there were many times we were scared for our lives. My sister, my friends, ourselves. Because, and I, I don't know how to say this, but, you know, a, a group of black kids would start chasing us, wanting our bikes, and we never rode them so fast. Or walking through the mall or down the street, and you sure didn't look twice at somebody, or they followed you out to your car and slapped you around. It, I experienced that. So, you know, the likes of LeBron James saying he's afraid for his life and can't enjoy his ball game. I just want to say get over it, grow up, move on, or something. We all have experienced things like that in our lives. Was it your assessment, Connie, when you were a kid that you were being targeted for your race? Uh, you know, honestly, we still talk about it and laugh, but now it's not so funny. If you looked twice at somebody of the other, you know, uh, of color, you, you just didn't. Even now driving, you know, it's like don't look twice because you don't know if they're the ones that will turn around and follow you because it happened to us. Normal you know, normal kids in a normal neighborhood go to the mall and or ride your bike down the yeah. street to go somewhere. It's just you never knew. And so has this manifested now in you thinking that all black people steal bikes and all black people bully? No, not at all, because I have yeah. a lot of, of, of black friends. Grew up, went to a school, uh, high school, 70% black, and the rest of us were mixed. Had a lot of friends there, still do. But you just you just never knew. So being afraid for your life kind of thing. I, I remember going babysitting, driving across town, getting a flat tire, not in our neighborhood, and just driving on it because yeah. you knew you never stopped in places like that because you were afraid because you were white. I was a white girl. 
It's interesting that you you mentioned that uh, this didn't manifest in fear for you. The left has done something so poisonous, uh, Connie, in our society is Mm -hmm. to say, hey, if you even mention you have black friends, oh, you're racist. Oh, black friends, that excuses everything. (laughs) It's a human experience. What you're saying is, no, I've experienced people. I've experienced Uh people Uh in Milwaukee. You know, I remember my mom. She's a very trusting. She happens to be a very liberal woman. And a lot of her friends are listening. Hi, mom's friends. And um, and we were in Los Angeles. This was just after the Watts riots. And we are gone to Disneyland. And here's my mom, blonde hair. Here's us blonde-haired kids in a little Subaru, little red Subaru. And we're running out of gas, and she stopped at a gas station. And and I'm telling you, this, the, the neighborhood was destroyed. And I say, well, I remember saying, why are all the cars smashed up? My mom's, oh, it's just uh, it's an older neighborhood. And she had no gas. She's out of gas. Uh-huh. And, and a black gentleman pulled up in this station wagon, and he took my mom to task. I mean, he's, what are you doing? She said, I'm just getting gas. He goes, no, no, you're crazy. What are you doing? Get out of here. He said, no, I'm out of gas. And he said, get the gas in your car and you follow me. You don't. And he took us onto the freeway and he pointed, go there. And that gentleman probably had a family. That gentleman was probably a grandpa. And he knew that racial tensions were high. I don't think that man was saying all black people anything or all white people anything, I think he's saying you don't know the tensions. And what I want to say to Wisconsin and in uh, in your area, Connie, there are people who know the tensions and they want to worsen them. I would ask you to pray for your decision makers and to pray to be afraid, but let's not become the hatred. There's so much more to talk to about that, that back there. Thank you, Connie, for calling Rush's program. It's an honor to talk with you. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh and the EIB Network, the biggest town hall in the history of the world created by one man's intelligence and energy. That's Rush and Team EIB, who makes it easy for guest hosts. Rush doesn't need any help making things easy. Uh, from the West Coast across the country, this, the, the violence you've seen in, in the cities is propaganda. It's real violence, and it is harming real police officers. And I'd throw in a, a plug here, it's, but it's not a plug. It's something you need to know. Um, I'd ask you to check out the Twitter account of my colleague, Jason Rance, with a Z, to see the reality. The reality is people are being allowed to burn down police stations. The reality is people are being allowed to attack cops. The reality is they are being bailed out. The reality is the machinations are in place. For this to continue, if God forbid Joe Biden wins, they'll say to the, the people on the left in charge, do you want us to write or do you want us to do you want to pay us off? If President Trump wins, we have four years. To find the people who are funding this domestic terrorism and to neutralize their finances and to put them on trial and if they're convicted to do what's what we do there. These things are real. We face something else. There's a spiritual component to this. I firmly believe it. And I ask you to not become the anger. I know that's difficult. We see what is being done to a car lot. Burning down a car lot will not stop anyone from dying. It will not put bullets back in a gun. It will not cause Jacob Blake to go back in time and to rethink his decision to wrestle officers. It can't do that. We can see the circumstances. I've seen it. I've smelled the burning of my cities. I struggle to not become the anger because then they win as well. They do. 
We make bad decisions, and we become something we don't want to be. Let's talk to Tom in Orem, Utah. Tom, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Tom. Hi. I wanted to, uh, first of all, tell send out prayers for Rush. We, Amen. We love him here. Uh, and my point is, from the beginning of time, we have been in a struggle between good and evil. Our Constitution gave us a chance to overcome evil because it was an inspired document, in my estimation. Now we are in a position where evil is, at least evil feels like it's winning. And it really becomes a a challenge for us to be the best people we can be to overcome the evil. That's my point. That's a strong point. And by the way, I know Orem very, very well. I've got uh, family down in Orem. And, and I would say this about um, the evil winning. It, in, it wins in multiple ways. One of the ways it wins is that it makes us become the anger. That's why I was talking about that, Tom. I don't want us to do that. The other way it wins, of course, is it installs tyranny. And one of the things that I try to keep in mind is that God is aware of these battles. God knows these battles are going on. He knew they would happen. And it can seem sometimes like a burden on us to live in these times. And yet we are given an opportunity to be the ones who deal with this so others don't have to. It's our opportunity. I would say one last thing about this, Tom. Um, President Trump is an imperfect human being. Sometimes, as Rush Limbaugh has said himself, sometimes the president says things that even ardent supporters have trouble digesting or defending. And yet, I will tell you this. I firmly believe after four years of watching this man, no one would fight this battle the way Donald Trump is fighting it. And I've heard Rush describe us as in a battle, a death battle with communism, and I believe it. And I just want to thank you for the call, Tom. Thanks very much. That's, that's folks... Sometimes, and I've said this on my local show, sometimes the words that leave my mouth when I'm doing talk radio, I'm saying, goodness, am I saying these things? Am I saying this about this country we love so much? And I am, and I'm telling them to you because from the bottom of my heart and my soul, I've studied the left for years under the tutelage of Rush, and I see it firsthand. I've met the people of Antifa firsthand. They're committed and they're hypnotized. Let's talk to Jerry in Greer, South Carolina. Jerry, we got about a minute and a half together. Welcome to Russia Show. Appreciate you calling. It's Todd Herman. Todd, I was just thankful that you took my call today, and I was just going to tell uh, the listeners today that yesterday I was able to go by the Greenville Spartanburg jet port, and I saw Air Force One take off. You know, because of the convention and stuff in Charlotte. Well, mm-hmm. the president. Had apparently part of the plane at GSP. So anyway, I, I got to listen to the RNC last night, and I saw where Nikki Haley, Donald Trump Jr., and Tim Scott were all lined up together. And I wanted to listen to Tim Scott because he did the commencement program for both of my kids when they graduated from high school. I homeschooled my kids. And so Tim Scott, you know, I happen to be a white male. I'm 53 years old. Today is my 30th wedding anniversary. Mm. And you want to talk about uh, systemic racism. Well, I'm going to tell you, I am a white male, like I said, 53 years old, and I got the privilege to vote for not only for Nikki Haley, but for Senator Tim Scott. And if you want me to tell you the difference between Tim Scott and a person like Barack Obama, Tim Scott is a man of integrity, and that's what we need in America today. 
So thank yeah. you for bringing him up last night or on your program today. Oh, it's Rush's program. I just get to fill in. But I, I'll tell you, you know, um, listening to Tim Scott speak, I, I just sense this great power that wraps around a core of humility. And, you know, Jerry, that's really rare to have someone with such obvious, evident power that wraps in this soul of, of humility and a recognition of his own faults and his own and his own failings. It was a remarkable speech. He seems to be a remarkable man. What an honor that you got to vote for him. Thanks for calling Russia Show, Jerry. Appreciate it very much. Go with God. We'll come back on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in on the EIB Network. What an honor and a thrill to fill in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. If you're jonesing for Rush, and you should be, please make sure you're a member of Rush 24-7. You can get that at RushLimbaugh.com. You get access to... Everything rush, it drives the liberal media nuts because they can't make money on subscriptions. <laughs> rush has been trouncing them yeah, for years on digital. It's it's nutty to talk to them about that when they find out how much you know how successful EIB is at that. I just tell you one of the signs of the madness that that is so much of the media response uh, to President Trump. He announced this plasma treatment. Uh, for convalescent COVID patients, people who really are, you know, at risk in, in convalescent centers. But plasma treatments, they're old hat. They've been around forever. The same exact people who are demanding that everybody wear a mask despite the absolute absence of any controlled randomized trials showing that masks work. In fact, it's just the opposite. There's about 15 controlled randomized trials that show they don't work. They're demanding, slow down. This is, this is wildly irresponsible. And yet President Trump, he's the right to try president, not just on the health care front, as the woman spoke of brilliantly last night, but in life, the right to try. They don't even want the right to try a tried and true treatment. It's Totterman in for Rush Limbaugh. So huge thank you to uh, Rush and Team EIB for allowing me this immense honor Appreciate it. 800-282-2882. If you care to be on the program, I'd love to chat with as many uh, folks in Russia's audience as possible today. Remember when Mitt Romney said, I'm a severe conservative. That's a pretty common turn of phrase. You know, if you spend any time in society at all, I know uh, know, talking uh, years ago to a a great pastor church and just I was so impressed with the thought and the and the love that went into the sermon and, and the humor. And I went and said, Pastor, I just, I wanted to tell you that I was just so very touched by the way you treated the Word of God. And he said, well, I'm a severe Christian. It's a, I mean, it's a very common turn of phrase that when you are really something and it's really to your heart, you say, severe, I'm a severe mother. I'm a severe father. Very genuine. Not. There's a question that is not going to be asked about President Trump, which would be asked about a, <laughs> for just a second. <laughs> I was picturing a, you know, President Mitt Romney. <laughs> this is not going to be asked of, of, of President Trump, and that is, will he triangulate? Do you know that triangulation is a real thing? Is you, it is. It's a planned, it's a planned exercise. I didn't know how cynical this all was uh, until I worked in politics. And I learned the actual formal act of triangulation. This is not going to be asked to President Trump because he's not going to triangulate. 
And there are people who will point to that and say, that's why I can't, I, I can't go all the way. Well, listen, here's your choice. You have a guy who won't triangulate because he walked down an escalator and said, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. This is how I speak. It's how I'm going to continue to speak. These are the ideas I have. These are the ideas I'm going to continue to have. My family has been involved in my business all these years. They can continue to be involved in the White House. Look, I could look at that and say, hey, look, you know, I'm not a fan of having family in the White House. Uh, I'm not a fan of having Hillary Clinton run the country's health care. I'm not a fan of having any form of cronyism, and we have a choice. We have a president of the United States who came down an escalator and said, this is how I present myself. These are my thoughts. These are my ideas. This is who I am. And that has been a constant. And it's something I have learned now to rely upon. On the other hand, we have two people who are telling you, listen, you need me to go back to being moderate? Oh, I can do moderate. I can do that right now. You have people who've gone through triangulation exercises. I'm firmly convinced Kamala Harris, the multiple people that make up Kamala Harris that live in her body, was selected because she successfully moved as far as she could away from where she had been in her career. She'd been a woman who laughed and giggled about putting in jail the parents of truant kids. Now she is pitching a bailout fund for people who destroy uh, Wisconsin, who destroy Portland and New York and, and Seattle so that they don't even pay a cost of a night in jail. So you have on one hand a person who's not going to triangulate. What is triangulation? It's not what you saw last night in the convention. There's no triangulation. I can tell you that there are people in establishment D.C. saying, for instance, the National Review said of the convention, it was dot, dot, dot. Good? No, it was fantastic. It was fantastic because it presented real-life decisions of people who have lived them. People who have said, I will not live under the banner of victimhood. I will choose my way forward. I will control my life to the degree that I can. Triangulation on a formal sense is this, that you sit down with a candidate, you look at the district they're trying to win, and you look at the issues, and they're color-coded, and you would say to the candidate, hey, I'm going to need you to back off a bit on your stance on abortion. I need you to soften that just a little bit. And there are candidates who so want to be in office, who so want the power or the adoration or the idolatry that comes with that, they'll do it. Oh, 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 I'll back off a little bit. I'll change just a little bit on that front. I didn't see that last night. I still saw America first. And in this instance, this today, this now, America means freedom first. That is legitimately what it means. I think in the president's career, I think that if I look at his 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 decision to listen to Tony Fauci comes from a place also with the president. How do I save the people? How do I save lives? Now, I, I, am, I, I feel very happy that the president, I think, has, has redirected from Fauci because I think Fauci has been disastrous. One of my hopes is that the president in this convention will have Dr. Scott Atlas speak, that Dr. Scott Atlas can speak to the shutdowns. I want Dr. Scott Atlas to speak to the mathematical realities of what, what the shutdowns have wrought. There's an analysis I've read, and I find it very, very compelling and very, very believable, that that COVID has taken 650,000 life years. The lockdowns, listen to this, please. The lockdowns have taken 2 
million two hundred thousand life years and it's getting worse. COVID deaths are going down. There are more people dying from the lockdowns. This comes from a gentleman on on Twitter called Ethical Skeptic. Before you say, oh, Twitter, it's fascinating to watch him be peer-reviewed. Fellow data analyst digging into his data. He sources his data. He shows you transparently his math he's using. These are people who avoided cancer treatments. These are people who went back to drinking. These are people who committed suicide because of the lockdowns. I hope Dr. Scott Atlas will speak to this reality and inform the American people of the reality of COVID. Yes, for some people, it's a matter of concern, but it shouldn't be locking down our economies. The lockdowns have not changed the picture. They've not. Peru was one of the biggest, most stringent, militant lockdown countries, and they're soaring in death rates. By some measure, they have the highest death rates. Your odds of surviving COVID between the ages of 65 and 75, 99.906% of Americans that age have not died from the COVID. And that's the age group most at risk. I hope that Dr. Scott Atlas will speak to this because we're having something stolen from us. And there are people at the World Health Organization and other, and other organizations who want to permanently steal from us. The World Health Organization's boss is saying we need to permanently change the way we live because of COVID. Permanently. One of the most profound and energetic things I heard the Maha say is, no, I refuse. Our goal is return to normal. It must be. But the boss of the World Health Organization is saying because of this, this um, COVID, which has the mortality rate of a severe flu. We must permanently change everything. He tied it to the global warming scheme. He tied those things together. He is telling us and transmitting to us, we're going to change you. Because when a bureaucrat or a technocrat, like the head of the World Health Organization, says, we need the change, he doesn't mean we in the sense that he's involved in the change. Nothing will change in his life. He means you need the change. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, I stand with this. They stand against the math. The propaganda of silence that most of the media has pulled around the reality of COVID is shocking and effective. And the average American thinks 30 million people have died. No, that's not true. About 170,000 people have sadly lost their lives. I choose to listen to Maximo Alvarez. I choose to listen to a gentleman who says, in America, I will build my own future. My parents only wanted one person to decide my fate. Me. Not some party member, not some government official, not some bureaucrat. In America, I would decide my own future. I am so grateful to America. The place where I was able to build my American dream through hard work and determination. President Trump knows that the American story was written by people just like you and I, who love our country and take risks to build a future for our families and neighbors. This is a man who's built an incredible fortune. And do you hear in his voice any fear? Because I'm told by the New York Times that the Republican convention was fear and darkness. Do you hear fear from that man? I don't hear any of it. I hear a man saying, I choose 
Not all of us build energy companies from the trunks of our cars that are worth billions of dollars. I remember when we sold my father's house to a teacher. My father had passed on. The teacher bought it with a briefcase full of cash because he had saved his entire life. He lived within his means. (laughs) By the way, he stored the briefcase full of hundreds of thousands of bucks in the desk at his school because he trusted his kids. I guess they didn't know it was there. This dream cannot happen when there's a party that says you cannot risk, you cannot try, you cannot extend yourself. When a party that says to Tim Scott and Nikki Haley and Vernon Jones, get back in your place. We cannot allow it. This is the election that will decide whether there is an America. I don't believe I overstate that. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network, of course. Phone number is 800-282-2882. Man, the New York Times homepage. It's, they, they're all... Now, New York Times is Q, uh, QAnon all over the place, all the time. And the readers of the New York Times have no idea what this movement is. And I haven't spent a lot of time with the movement. I don't, I don't spend a lot of time with things I can't verify or control. It's just I, I prefer to be grounded in fact as much as possible. And I, I read this homepage for the Times. And they say this, for instance, as, this, as if this is extraordinary to Donald Trump. Trump's fights are their fights. They have his back unapologetically. Wow. Because I know a lot of people who backed Joe Biden and said, hey, listen, I really want to apologize for backing a person who is clearly demented and lost his faculties and is saying the same speech he said for 47 years and has had racial epitaphs and terrible things about people of different race roll off his tongue quite easily for the past 47 years, whose family is corrupt and clearly taking payoff money from China. Oh, I just apologize. No, they didn't do that. The, the, the people who read The Times and who rely on that for any form of news, would have thought that last night at the convention, President Trump and a team of people came on stage in dark black clothing with death metal in the background, said, oh, Diane, unless they would, I mean, they'd have this, this imaginary convention that occurred in their mind. The kindest thing the Times could say, New York Times, was that Tim Scott offered an optimistic view of America, given his experience. Tim Scott told the story. And if you choose to see that as optimistic, then you're living in reality. But he also spoke of challenges. And he spoke of, yes, that there are changes needed. They skip over the part where Tim Scott was called a token. And I'm I'm very focused on Tim Scott. I want to get into Nikki Haley, some of the things she said. I also want to get into this this stark comparison. I, I how do I say this with enough seriousness? I almost feel like I'm repeating something I said earlier, but I have to underline it, italicize it, and bold it. The Democrat Party is okay with terrorism in our streets. Their funders, their big donors, are providing logistical support. Their vice presidential candidate is providing free legal help for rioters who are tearing apart, this time, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Th- that's the Democrat Party. That's that that, But that's not dark or scary or looming to the to the New York Times, that's not they don't know. They're not even going to be asked about that. President Trump, I mean, pardon me, President Obama and Biden 
both reference the peaceful protesters, and, and we're listening to the young people. Where today is a single national media source going to Biden and Obama and Kamala Harris and saying, do you decry what happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin? Do you decry it? Because you know that if a, a, a Trump supporter you know, spit on a parking meter attendant, nothing against people who attend parking meters, everybody has a job, he'd be asked to disown it. And this stuff is headed to the suburbs, and it's on purpose. It's part of the election. Part of it is to make sure you don't have Trump signs in your yard. Part of it is to make sure you don't have Trump bumper strips on your car. Part of it is to make sure you don't speak out. Part of it is propaganda to get other other militants in cities to follow on. Let's talk to Wendy in Brookfield, Wisconsin. Wendy, you're in the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Todd. I want to stand up for the heartbroken, silent majority in the Milwaukee suburbs. I live in Brookfield, Wisconsin, which is right next door to Wauwatosa, which is right, right, right next door to Milwaukee. We are north of Kenosha. Obviously, Kenosha is between Chicago and Milwaukee. And we have seen the same kind of violent, lawless, agitated protest in Wauwatosa, right next door to our home, that is causing the residents in Wauwatosa to, to actually think about moving out, to question whether their kids are safe in school. The leadership in Wauwatosa and Milwaukee and Kenosha and Brookfield have turned their backs on us, the silent majority that wants to stand up for our police officers, wants to even have a peaceful protest in favor of backing our badge. And we were told that we couldn't do that in Brookfield. Now, in Wauwatosa, there's a huge shopping mall called Mayfair Mall, and it has seen incursions of violent gangs and police officers trying to hold back people with guns running into the mall. One, a guy named Officer Mensa was actually, he was attacked by a mob at his own home because he fired on a man who was running into the mall with a gun. And the leadership in Wauwatosa actually supported his uh, demotion and a loss of his job. Alfonso Morales, the the Milwaukee police chief, was even demoted and subsequently retired because he stood up for his officers who are out there defending us. We're the people who moved to these suburbs for the great schools, the peaceful, safe neighborhoods. And we are watching what is happening, and our hearts, you could say our evolved hearts, just like Tim Scott said, our evolved hearts are, are heartbroken. We are so disappointed by how much leadership has turned their backs on us. Even the DNC leadership turned its backs on Milwaukee. What's left for Milwaukee and the people like us who want to see safety come back? The voting booth and every one of you, everyone you know. Because we've got a short time together, I want to say something and then I'll shut up. What you just said was so eloquent and so beautiful and so well-constructed. I hope you will get a recording of what you said to 60 million people, Wendy. And I hope you will call your friends and say what's left for us. Will you do that? I'm trying to tell all my friends, the suburban educated females in Brookfield and Elm Grove and Wauwatosa who think Trump is the bad orange man. I want them to see that he's the only one that has your back. He's the only one that is standing up to a national audience outside of you and Rush and saying, 
this won't stand. This can't continue. Our country is at a brink, and you guys need to go out and vote for the right thing. Absolutely. Wendy, that is a brilliant, brilliant phone call. Thank you for this. And one thing I would add, because it's it's sort of in the neighborhood, Keith Ellison, the, uh, what is he, the uh, the AG, it's, is it uh, Minnesota, get confused. He's the, yeah, Minnesota AG. Um, Keith Ellison, a fan of Antifa, has also suggested that, that cops, listen, not respond to rape calls. A woman who has been raped, the cops should not respond. It's not fiction, it's real. The voting is happening soon. The decision is America or utter, utter leftist chaos, either through a payoff to the leftists or continued violence. Much more to get to as we continue together. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh. It's just an incredible honor to sit in for Rush. I am normally where you're at, just listening to the show. So it's also fun to hang out with you. 800-282-2882. I know that everybody has different standards of living. And there are starting positions that people have in life. And sometimes, you know, look, I've lived in a in a tiny little one bedroom. Not even that. It was a tiny little um, studio apartment where it was not unusual to have shootings in the neighborhood. For real. And as a kid who grew up in suburbia, that was a pretty interesting experience. It was educational. It was scary. I'm thankful. I'll always be thankful for having an opportunity to just have this different experience in life. When I lived in D.C., and I would travel the Acela Corridor. That's where all the hotshots sit on the train in the fancy seats and eat their fancy food and do their fancy phone calls. The Acela Corridor. It, the train went went through an area in Baltimore, and I say this knowing the vast reach of EIB. I really don't want to offend anybody, um, but the train would go through these neighborhoods in Baltimore. I took the train a couple times to New York, and I was thinking, oh, okay, so these are you know torn down buildings, and wow, I wish they'd do something, and maybe they'll rebuild this one day. And then one night I went through, and I realized people live here in, in America, in a Democrat-controlled city. And I, I had a family member who worked in the ER in Baltimore and used to talk about the gunshot wounds nightly. And I was reading some of the coverage of the convention. And apparently there's a woman who calls herself Kim K. Baltimore. She is phenomenal. She has perhaps the most shared political ads in history. And, of course, she spoke at the convention. Her real name is Kimberly Klasik, and she's from Baltimore. She walked those streets in her video. I was watching that. And I was looking at the abject poverty. And I'm wondering, where were the Democrat gifts to people? Is this the image of what they intend to endow to us? To all Americans? That's the, the, the vision? Uh, I, I, I can't imagine. And I read this thing about Kenosha, Wisconsin, and I hope, I have this great hope that the people of Kenosha will understand that the forces that brought that in Baltimore are the same forces that want police punished for saving their own lives. And what happened in Kenosha, it's a tragedy. It is always a tragedy when someone loses a life or is about to lose a life. I'll never stop saying that because human life is precious, and I can't stop saying that. 
But in that case, Jacob Blake appeared to have made several decisions. One was to decide to break up a fight the police were there to break up. Two was to keep being belligerent to the police after having been told to stop. Three was apparently to wrestle with the police despite having been tased. Four was to run to his car and reach into it when he should know the police know that he apparently had a habit of hiding guns in his car. He made these decisions, and it it very sadly ended in him being shot multiple times, which is now being used as an excuse to take a car lot, someone's blood, sweat, and tears, and to destroy it to the ground. And now that car lot looks like these neighborhoods in Baltimore where human beings live. And there are parts like this of the, you know, the country, all around our country. There are pockets of poverty, but there's a system that seems to create it. And they want to expand the system. I find it unfathomable. Let's talk to Tony in Palm Springs, California. Tony, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Tony. Hey, Todd. Good to talk to you. Um, I was listening to Connie, your caller earlier, talk about her experience growing up in Milwaukee. And it made me think about my experience growing up in middle America. You know, I grew up in Michigan in a small town, all white. When I was 16, we moved to the inner city into Flint, Michigan. It's a union town run by Democrats for sure. But uh, I entered the 11th grade there, and every day I was bullied or propositioned by the black kids. Um, I never thought about it as color. I was just, why are these people doing this to me? And I lasted about 30 days, and I finally dropped out because it got so bad. I had so many experiences growing up with black, white, Mexican, you name it. People are abusive sometimes. I had a cop rape me, a white cop, a black man rape me. I don't have an issue with race. I know it is about the character, the content of their character. And what we have happening in these inner cities is all about ignorance. We need to educate these victims or so-called victims of the Union Democrat agenda because I've seen it growing up in Flint, and it's bad. It has nothing to do with race. It has absolutely everything to do with your your knowledge. That's what and, I want you know, to share. Tony, I wanted to thank you for being so uh, offering your you know your thoughts, but being so vulnerable with us to talk about. Um, these terrible things had befallen you. And the fact that you don't take these as an excuse now to paint with a broad brush all these people, you'd have a lot of excuses to do that. And I think when you talk of ignorance in these situations, I think that's part of it. But there's also this opportunism um, that these political parties are playing. Thank you for that, Tony. And, uh, and continued healing. Continued healing. There's opportunism. And... The tragedy of what is being done, this is this portion of this drives me into, it could drive me to despair. It could. When you tell young black kids, just, just <laughs> think of the horrific, think of this horrific notion that, see Nancy Pelosi, that's, that's your hope. This rich white woman is your hope. You know, you think of the, the, the schools and you think of the shutdown of the schools. It's just reading yet more data on this. It's now more than 22 countries are open. There's no deaths, no serious cases they've tracked because of the COVID. The schools are shut down and it's shut down because of the unions. Take a tour. Who's benefiting? Who's benefiting from kids being trapped in schools? Who benefits from this? It's the same people who benefit from a whole bunch of money going into Baltimore, federal money, 
somehow it never improved lives. Somehow politicians still had the ability to say, but I need more money and I need more control. Somehow it never made it into the neighborhoods. How is this possible with all of this money and all of this time and all of this focus and all of this rhetoric? How is it possible that it never made it to the neighborhoods to improve things and understand people of Kenosha? What's being done, you don't deserve. The young people that are burning things, they are, right now, this is so difficult, I admit it. Please don't hate the young people, hate what they're doing, but find the people who motivate it and pay for it. And it will lead to Barack Obama. It will lead to the community organizer-in-chief. It will lead to the guy who said, pick a target, isolate it, cut it off from its support base. It will lead to a top-down, bottom-up. We'll push down from the top. You guys squeeze from the bottom. We'll squeeze the middle. We'll get what we want. That's where this leads. Let's talk to Dave in Appleton, Wisconsin. Dave, you're on the Russian Bell program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Dave. Hi, Todd. Great job. You're, you're just doing an outstanding job. I just wanted to quickly state, as someone who's lived in Kenosha and Washington, D.C., what my experience was. Uh, I came as a naive Wisconsinite, moved to D.C., and in the short time I was there, a friend of a friend of mine was kidnapped after using a time machine by MS-13. They cut him up in pieces, stuffed him into black garbage bags that were dispersed around the city. Um, when I lived in Kenosha, one of the things I noticed that I didn't see anywhere else in Wisconsin, as soon as you're coming into Milwaukee, you see the steel bars on all of the gas station windows, the bulletproof glass, you know, and yet whites, we can't bring these topics up without immediately being painted as a racist. And this is what the American people are starting to discern about the Democrats is that their success hinges on their ability to paint all Americans as racist, in spite of the fact that twice we've elected an African-American president. Yet, as you see in this election, we are still all racist, 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 and we're getting tired of it. There's a reason that they picked race, and I want to get to that when we come back. There's a reason that the organizers pivoted to race, because remember it used to be there was the haves and haves-nots. That's the classic formulation of Marxist organizing, the haves and have-nots. There's a reason that they picked race. It's unbelievably cynical. I'll talk about that as we continue. Dave, thanks for the call. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. We're just talking about race, 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 and racial agitating. And many things can be true at once. For instance, we're human beings. Therefore, there are racists in our midst. We are failed human beings. We are fallen human beings. And we seek, for at least for me, I seek the redemption of God every day. I need it every day. Um, there's also the fact that there are people who want to make it seem far, far worse. And this is the reality. There's a reason that leftist agitators pivoted from the haves and the have-nots. Remember this? This was classic. The, the classic formulation in trying to divide society is, well, the rich and the poor. You know why they shifted? It's because so many black Americans and Asian Americans and Indian Americans are going, I don't know. Uh, I kind of like my career and the college my kids have gone to. And I like my four-bedroom house and this 401k, this, these investments. These are working for me. I think I'm good. And yet other people saying, no, I I believe that there is this upward mobility. They're observing this. 
So leftists have to say, cool, so what can we make it? Well, just make it amorphous. Just make it the system. Just make it fragility. When you create something as pseudoscientific as white fragility, you'll notice it's never falsifiable. Anything truly science-based is observable, testable, readable, falsifiable. (laughs) These things are made amorphous so they can be permanently there. That's how you can end up in a situation where you can say to a leftist, okay, you want reparations? Will this six-year-old kid have to pay reparations? Well, yeah, because there's whiteness. What about if the six-year-old kid is of Japanese descent? How about reparations uh, for the bombing of Pearl Harbor? Good? And they will blue screen. They'll, they'll, they'll shut down and, oh, I have to calculate this. Right, because you're trying to fit logic into illogic. That's what we're facing. And last night's convention was logic. There's a thread. The thread is because of American exceptionalism, we are able to evolve as a society. Because you have the right to try this woman who spoke of the president saying, hey, you're dying. You can try an experimental drug. How was that ever not the case? The right to try extends into you are an immigrant from Cuba and you think you're starting an energy company from the trunk of your car. And Maxima Alvarez says yes. And, and Tim Scott's told, you're going to take on a Thurman family member? And Tim Scott says, yeah, and I'm going to beat him. On the left, they say, can't be done. Let's talk to Doug in Springfield, Oregon. Doug, you're on the Russian Bot program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Todd. So I think we need to be taking a look ahead, and I'm wondering what we should do in the future with all these people who are rioting and looting now. So in other words, if you take a long view, how do we prepare to create healing in our country, which we're going to need so badly. And I do have an idea on that. Please. All right. So to help bring these people back into the fold, what I would like to see the president do is lay out a formal plan that includes some kind of a tribunal or some such event um, that might include financial restitution and meetings with those who are harmed so that apologies can be made and, of course, serving time when that's appropriate. Um, I think, you know, these people who are doing this harm now need to make reparations of their own if they're ever going to you know, come back to being productive citizens in our country. No, I think that's a great first step. I, I would tell you this, that the, the work we have to do, um, Doug, in this regard is so profound. These people have been ideologically demoralized. That's a very specific phrase. It's a phrase that comes from KGB training, that to change and mold the country, you ideologically demoralize a citizen's uh, citizenship so they actually are literally incapable of defending their society. You have kids who are literally incapable of making the logical case that cops are not all bad. They can't because they've been brainwashed into this. So we've got about 15 years of catch-up to do here. So I would also say this. 
the communists and the agitators and the left and China and Iran, whoever else is funding this, they use our strengths and our gifts is a Republican form of democracy as our weaknesses. We have been hesitant to pull truly radical professors out of colleges because of free speech. Fine. If we're not willing to pull them out, then you demand intellectual diversity. You want federal dollars, then you show us that you have 50% representation of conservative points of view, of traditional American points of view. You public schools, you want federal dollars, that's fine. You show us. You're going to teach the 1619 Project, which is fiction, that you also teach this countervailing point of view. We have got to start playing catch-up on that front and be unafraid to take on academia for what it has become, which is a breeding ground and an inculcation ground for this stuff. And it runs against our nature of pretending of protecting freedom of speech. But that's the long game, Doug. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And what you're describing is root causes, and we definitely have to take care of those. I think this is a winning message for the Republicans. But I think if they can start articulating how we get out of this morass that we're in, it's going to serve them well and serve us all well in November. I couldn't agree more. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much for that. And listen, there's when you spend time, when you spend time around the people you think you're helping, when you as a snotty, and I'm being cliched here, but it's a snotty, rich trust fund baby. When you go spend time living in a neighborhood where you need cops, you'll understand why there are plenty of our fellow Americans who happen to be black saying, what, wait, wait, you're, you want to do what with the cops? What are you talking? You're nuts. We need this in, in everywhere in our neighborhoods. When you go spend time with folks, rather than thinking that, that you're just the great protector who's arrived from Columbia University or Oberlin, I think your view changes. We'll come back. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. That's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh. Hey, have you gotten the Limbaugh letter? What's well, a terrible construction of a sentence? Hey, have you gotten... Do you read the Limbaugh letter? It is, it's a different take on uh, Rush's intellect, and it's a phenomenal way to experience that again. Because Rush, in writing, in often in these long-form interviews, I, I think you experience, you know, El Rushbo, who we experienced together for all these years, in just these different ways. Uh, it is fun to tweak uh, the left, I think, sometimes, if you have Democrat friends or family, and, and to leave it on the kitchen table. <laughs> Because, you know, if there's nothing else, people pick it up and read it. But it also comes across uh, differently in that people can just, they can take pieces of it and read it and not become emotional with it. In the depth that he's able to go into in that setting, it's also, and I mean this, I've got friends of mine who passed this on um, as a collection to others. So I do recommend that at RushLimbaugh.com. Next hour, there's so much to dive into, but specifically something Nikki Haley said. Something she said about the U.N. and about our nation and President Trump. And I want to focus on that. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh. It's an honor and an incredible privilege to sit here filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB network. Not the least of which is that I get to connect with you guys. Um, usually I'm where you are in the car or listening later on Rush 24-7, uh, listening to Rush for all these years. I want to thank KQNT 590 AM in Spokane for letting me use their studio. I usually do my radio show, believe it or not, in the liberal enclave of Seattle at um, KTTH. You can find that at KTTH.com. Just don't want to... <laughs> 
<laughs> so Bo Sterling just asked if I've been banned from Seattle. I, You know what? It's a really good thing that we've been broadcasting remotely because of the COVID flu. And, and I've, I've got some pretty pronounced views on, on how serious or not that is for people my age. I'm, I'm more likely to die in an airplane crash. But this is a really good thing I'm not over there. A, they're glad I'm not there. I still do the show. Seattle's still my home. And it's always going to be my home. It's where I raised my family. But I have no patience. I, I... <laughs> So, Bowden. Have they told me? Yes. Okay, we've made news on Russia's show. I've been told to not come back. So so Bo is, when Bo gets serious in the headphones, you have to answer, yes, I've been banned. So I have to sneak in. I go in on an alter ego. I can choose to be whoever I like. I can identify as whoever I like. I go back and I do a radio show there called the uh, Richard Schmoschnik Show. And I do that on KUOW and I talk like this. Um, the racial unrest that has surprisingly hit the country. I do it that way. And that way I can sneak in little messages, et cetera. So, yeah, that's what's going on. 800-282-2882 if you want to join us. Love to chat with you. I want to just play a game. Let's play a game, you and I, a war game. Here's the war game. You have a family. And in your family, you have rules. And behind your rules, you have consequences when those rules are broken. And this is how you run your household. And your household has a respect for a higher power, uh, God, as you see it in, in, in your household. You have a bank account that you have preciously nurtured through these years through incredibly hard work and, and, and by sacrificing so that you can have. And you do now what other people won't, so later you can live in ways other people cannot. That's, that's your lifestyle. Just push that out there. And let's say that you have um, some neighbors who move in. And let's say that the neighbors come along and, and let's say that you tell your kids, you know what, you, you uh, were caught in an area of the Internet you're not to be on. So we're going to lock down our Wi-Fi and we're going to lock down your phone. And let's say that you come back 10 minutes later and your kid is on a brand new iPhone. Hey, what's up, Dad? Uh, I locked you off of that. Oh, no, no. Tina and Glenn gave this to me. Our, our neighbors? Yeah, they gave this to me so I could get online. They didn't think it was fair that you uh, locked me off the Internet. So you take that phone. And let's say that Glenn and I forgot that Glenn and Tina, they do it again. And let's say then that you are saying, okay, listen, you're not going to see Glenn and Tina anymore. And Glenn and Tina come over and say, you know what, can we talk about this? And they're in your home. Let's say that you go to your bank account and you say, I'm missing some money. And you look at your bank and say, wait a minute, where this? I, I didn't write a $400 check to Apple. What's this? And your bank says, oh, you know, Glenn and Tina, they needed to get paid back for that phone that they loaned your kid. Where would you be in an emotional sense, in a sense of feeling at home in your neighborhood? Where would you be? And what if it turned out that Glenn and Tina were, were benefiting from this? Maybe the kids, you go, wait, hey, son, why are you mowing Glenn and Tina's yard? Oh, well, they give me iPhones and stuff, so. But you don't do our yard. Well, but you'd have people disrupting your very existence. You have people in the United States who are taking every form of violence in our streets, and it's being handled by saying, we'll pay the fines. We'll bail you out. 
you won't spend any serious time in jail. And they're on the Democrat side. You have so-called prosecutors, such as we talked about Keith Ellison, the AG of Minnesota, saying, I'm not sending cops to rape calls. You have so-called prosecutors, like in King County, Washington, the Seattle's the county seat thereof, of a guy called Heroin Dan Satterberg. He won't charge illegal immigrants with DUIs. He'll charge you, but he won't charge them because it's unfair. He won't charge serious rioters. Right? He just won't do it. You have this around the country. It's not unique to Seattle. The same thing has gone on in Portland. They're pretending there's no violence. We see it. You've seen it. Same thing goes on in San Francisco. There is a structure to this. Our society has been built upon expectations and rules and consequences, and you have people at the top taking away the consequences and the rules. And this was somehow presented by the New York Times and CBS and ABC and all the usual suspects when the Democrats, the party who's sponsoring this, spoke about this with great hope. Spoke about this as, oh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's an aspirational vision. It's, it's great hope. It's great compassion. They merchandised this convention last week of the Democrats where Barack Obama and Joe Biden winked and nodded at the burning down of cities like Kenosha. Oh, we're listening to the young people. Keep it up. Someone somewhere is funding this. You look at the reverse of this in the Republican convention this week. You have people who own their failures and own their successes. You have people who speak of an imperfect union, but not one that is rabid against black people or people of of Indian descent, of Eastern Indian descent. None of this. Right? There are imperfections in all societies, and they speak to that. But we have four years If God willing, President Trump is reelected, we have four years to find the funders of this stuff. Who is funding these street actions? Who's paying the Democrats to do this? How is the money getting to these organizations? We have four years to find the organizers, to try them, to put them on trial. For what? Well, to me, it's domestic terrorism. And do you think that there is possibly some foreign influence to this? Do you think that there is just possible... That since the we know that foreign countries want to meddle in our elections, oh, by doing things like Russia, financing anti-fracking ads. Did you know that? Yes, Russia helps finance anti-fracking ads. Somehow that doesn't make it into the mainstream media discourse. Nikki Haley, speaking at the convention, described the thieves and murderers in the U.N. and how they put out their hands for money from us while destroying us as well. It was an honor of a lifetime to serve as the United States ambassador to the United Nations. Now, the U.N. is not for the faint of heart. It's a place where dictators, murderers, and thieves denounce America and then put their hands out and demand that we pay their bills. Well, President Trump put an end to all of that. With his leadership, we did what Barack Obama and Joe Biden refused to do. We stood up for America, and we stood against our enemies. One of the most remarkable acts of the propaganda of silence, this is a theory that I've developed, that the propaganda of silence is the biggest, most potent tool that the usual suspects in the liberal media can use. They just don't report the big stories. For instance, the average American believes that 30 million Americans have died from COVID. 
That's what the average American believes. The actual number is about 170,000 people. Lives lost. Another. Barack Obama and Joe Biden and Susan Rice, they stopped in its tracks the indictment of the Taliban and Hamas, two separate cases, the Taliban and Hamas, they stopped indictments for those terrorists running drugs into our country across and under and through our southern border in conjunction with the same narco-terrorists who've taken over portions of Mexico, where the, the, the narco-terrorists literally run portions of Mexico to the degree that it's not uncommon, sadly, to see mayors beheaded in Mexico. This was called Project Cassandra. Those foreign entities were running drugs into our country to destabilize our country and to make money. They were paying themselves to destabilize us, and Barack Obama stopped the indictments. The Politico reported on this with named sources, named intelligence sources. Do you think there's the slightest possibility that Black Lives Matter Incorporated, which has nothing to do with saving black lives, of course black lives matter, of course. It's morally objective. It's it's a fact, which is why I cannot support the terrorist group Black Lives Matter Incorporated. Do you think there's just a chance that this organization in Antifa, who is in the streets of D.C., forcing people, intimidating people into putting their hand up in the air to agree with this terrorist group, Black Lives Matter Incorporated. Do you think there's just a tiny chance that some of the thieves that Nikki Haley described isn't just trying to ruin us internationally, but is funding this year? We have four years. If God willing, we get President Trump reelected, we have four years to find out and begin the process of turning this around. Love to hear from you. 800-282-2882. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Such an honor to hang out with you guys. 800-282-2882. Been talking about the convention. We're talking about what has spread to Kenosha and the violence there and the destruction of people's homes and businesses. And I, I just feel so sad and angry on your behalf. Talking about the stars of the convention and what you saw and the, the way that the, not the fact that people of color spoke, but the, the, the stories they told at the convention and the struggles they cherished. Did you see anyone who didn't cherish a struggle? That didn't cherish the battle, right? The, the destination uh, is one thing. The battle to get there is the thing that hardens us, that makes us, that you encounter difficult people. You encounter difficult circumstances, and coming through that, that's the true success. Money can fade. Stock markets can crash. uh, God forbid houses can burn down. One can become ill. All of these things. But the journey you took cannot be taken from you. The, The mountains you climbed or that you had to tunnel through, those things cannot be taken from you. Tim Scott may never win another election. Nikki Haley may one day want to run for president. She may be ultimately unsuccessful. But the past that they've built and the successes they've had, they stand with them just as your struggles and whatever you've done to sacrifice to be where you're at Those things fade. Money fades. And, you know, you put your head on a pillow at night. That that pillow is created from your hard work and your peace of mind. That's something you can rest easily upon. So we've been talking about that in light of the fact that the, the, the national media and the usual suspects have said that this was a convention of red meat. 
that this was a convention for the base. It was a base convention. It was red meat. It was dark, of course, the talk of dog whistles, etc. Rob Reiner said that he was getting sick watching it, etc. And Hollywood, of course, is going to be Hollywood. I would love to sit in a room with them. Like, I mean, I wouldn't, but I would. It's a love-hate thing where I'd love to say, I'd love to just be able to counter every single thing, every single thing that they point at the screen. You have your uh, your Cardi B. Well, who do we have? We have people who are speaking now, not as Cardi B and someone who's landed into fame and money and, and, and paying half the income tax that the normal American does because it's all intellectual property. Who do we have? People who are developing their careers. People who are at the beginning point of their careers. We have just this vast array of people. And then, of course, the right to try. We've been talking about this. If you do not have the chance to fail, you are a pet. If you do not have the chance to ultimately fall down, you're a farm animal. right? Because you are held in some kind of bubble. And the minds of the leftists who fancy themselves godlike people, they do look upon the rest of the world as these chess pieces or, or, or worse as, you know, a little bunny in a cage. Let's make sure that the bunny doesn't get caught by the wolf. Well, but let's also make sure that the bunny never feels the grass under the bunny's feet. And th- th- I'm not overstating what we face. Let's get to the phones. It's been a lot of time with Russia's callers. Larry in sugar. Oh, Yes. You know what? Speaking of all this, man, there is a sponsor that Rush has. I can't believe I didn't think of this. There is a sponsor that Rush has. I think they're the only people in radio who speak of three U.S. presidents sharing a common appreciation for their product. That company is Bowl and Branch. Millions of Americans, including three former U.S. presidents, have at least one thing in common. They all agree Bolin Branch sheets are the softest organic cotton sheets that you can get at that price point. And you'll agree with them. You will, too. The moment you take delivery of your first set, you put them on the bed, you get in there, you will agree with them. Bolin Branch works with, who are the three, George Washington, John Adams, and John Quincy Adams. Those are the three presidents agree that Bolin Branch are the softest sheets that they've ever slept on. Bolin Branch works with family-owned mills all over the world to weave the specific organic cotton that's used in making every set of Bolin Branch sheets. I mean, these sheets are so soft, and believe me, you will notice it. If you don't, you can send them back for a full refund, folks. You'll realize it when you first experience, you know, you got to unpack them and you put them on the bed. They get softer as you use them. You'd have to go to a four-star, five-star hotel suite or maybe spend a 1000 bucks at a retail department store to experience this. But you don't have to because Bolin Branch didn't want to go into business where the product they're selling is a 1000 bucks. Their price point's 250 And they knock $50 off your first set, if you mention my name. And, and they like selling directly to you on the Internet because they like having a direct relationship with every customer. Now, for this particular time, Bolin Branch sheets are now starting at just 160, not 250. I threw that number out there so I could even more pleasantly surprise you. $160. These are $1,000 quality sheets for 160 bucks. And you can sleep on them free for a month. And if after 30 days they aren't what I led you to believe, send them back and they'll refund your money. 
That's how confident they are. In addition, you will get the $50 off any set you choose if you use my name as the promo code. It's B-O-L-L. There's two L's in there. Bowlandbranch.com. Promo code is RUSH. $50 off. And it says here, sheets start at just 160 bucks. Time to go to town on this. You'll be giving these away as presents as well. Uh, I'm laughing because of the longevity of the advertiser and the wiggling of the paper. How many people listen to that and just brings back your, your love uh, for Rush? Let's talk to Larry in Sugar City, Idaho. Larry on the Rush Limbaugh program. Uh, welcome. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hey, Todd. You're of the highest caliber. Appreciate what you're doing. Want to give my love to Rush Limbaugh. So just a couple quick points. I was wondering what your thoughts about Nancy Pelosi saying Republicans are enemies of the state and urging Democrats to mobilize, organize, and not allow Trump to detour anybody from voting. And my second question is, what do you think about these two dozen or so Republicans that have endorsed Biden? Are they not Democrats in disguise? Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks, Larry. And uh, beautiful place, Sugar City. I'd look up where it was, then I realized I've been there. Uh, Look, what do I think of Nancy Pelosi saying this? I think she's Nancy Pelosi. And I think Nancy Pelosi is a champion of accusing others of that what she does. The enemy of the state, if that is the phrase she wants to use, someone is attacking cops and paying for that. Someone has set up the logistics for this. Someone is funding the people in Portland, Antifa, to have welders and saws and um, and gas masks, etc. Someone is bailing them out. That's not us. It's Kamala Harris who is raising money for these bail funds. Someone is creating online systems for them to mobilize. Someone has taught them Mao's rules for insurrections. They're doing everything they can to get into phase three. What is that? It's conventional warfare in the streets. They're doing everything they can, including stopping an armored sheriff's vehicle as these Antifa uh, street thugs had uh, semi-automatic rifles. Imagine if one Trump supporter with one, one Trump supporter with a semi-automatic rifle stopped one sheriff's car for one second, the heart attack that would be happening. Um, and in terms of, of policy saying, you know, don't let President Trump stop you from voting, I, I'm not aware of President Trump wanting to stop anybody from voting. You know, I, I'm, I, I, what I see is people being told that they can't leave their house to vote which is a a medical insanity that, of course, you can shop at Walmart. Of course, you can riot. We all know that. So she is a very big champion of telling people that of accusing people of doing what she herself has done. Um, Nancy Pelosi may be the single worst human being ever to hold political office in the United States. I mean, it's a close contest, but she's right there like three more ice cream fridges and she makes it she becomes the worst human being ever to hold political office in the united states totterman in for rush limbaugh okay i'm gonna try something here we're gonna try something i'm see if i can take a call from a caller 800-282-2882 and see if i can transfer this back to the topic at hand and i think i can do this i think that the caller is going to help me make a point that i've been wanting to make about Lori lightfoot uh, in Chicago, the so-called mayor there. But I don't think Craig from uh, Poplar Bluffs, Missouri, knows this yet. Craig, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in a bit of a distraction from the convention. So, Craig, what's in your mind today? So I am wondering what side to take between Fortnite, Apple, and Google. Those two now do not want 
to be able, my son, I think could be a teachable moment, but I'm not sure, is siding with Fortnite, and he's upset that his friends won't be able to play on their mobile devices because Apple and Google are putting an end to it because you can now buy, I guess, V-Bucks through Fortnite directly. And so I'm not sure on what side to take on this, so I figured you might be able to give some insight or some yes. advice. Yeah, right. So this is Apple saying, hey, you want your uh, game on our platform, that's fine, but you don't get to um, let people buy things without us taking our 30% rake. That's what they're saying. So we, you pay us a 30%, you can come back. So what they're saying is we need to get paid, right? Right. Yeah, I think the way I would maybe take this as a teachable moment is simply to immediately go into your son's room uh, and take 30% of whatever's in there um, and just hold on to that. Uh, and do that with food, and then also make sure that the sh- the shower is thirty percent less warm, and then only drive him seventy percent of the way to where he wants to go. Um, just do it that way, and say which which side are you on? Gotcha. <laughs> well, I mean, right? I mean, what else are we to do? This is Apple's platform; they want to get paid. Uh, I mean, what what is his argument for taking the other side, that Apple should just extend this out of the kindness of the heart? There's no kindness in Silicon Valley. It's all pretend. Right, and that's what – and then he's saying that Fortnite's saying that um, it's just greed from big corporate America, and they did this, <laughs> this whole thing this weekend where you can get some kind of Apple skin. And so it just seems to be a battle, and I tried to explain that to him, that it's theirs, it's their platform. If you own yeah. the company, how would you feel? And he goes, no, it's just not fair. You know, Fortnite is being taken advantage of from Apple. And well, so then, I, just... I, then tell him to go find um, the the go only play video games that um, that that are free. Tell him from here on out, no video games that involve any money. Go find the video games that don't try to make money. Uh, in fact, maybe send them, you know, to some of the. Um, you know, what, here's what you should do: is for just a little while, make him play um, Atari. Remember the the tank game on Atari or Pong. Just to say, yeah. hey, this, yeah, this is all in the public realm now. The this is all, you know, patents are expired. Here's what we'll do. There's no money in this. There's no, there's no greed. Now we're all happy, son. Let's make it a, let's make it a teachable moment that way. Just pong for two weeks. It's free. Hey, it's open license, son. It's, uh, it's, 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 you know, no IP can be broken. So he's saying, oh, it's all this hypocrisy. Now watch this, Craig. You just helped me. I want to, I'm going to thank you for the call, and I hope I was helpful. I, I have a teen as well. Now watch what Craig has helped us do here. So going back to the political and and the conventions, and Craig, thanks for this. You know in Chicago that the the city council of Chicago has been begging this so-called Mayor Lightfoot, begging her, please um, please bring in the National Guard, please. Because of the looting that Chicago's Black Lives Matter affiliate, that's the, the group that has nothing to do with helping black lives. It's, it's, the funding is done by a convicted terrorist who was pardoned by Bill Clinton. It's founded by two trained Marxists. Someone said to me one day, trying to be snarky, well, so what's it mean to be a trained Marxist? It means you're trained in Marxist organizing and how to install a you know, cultural Marxist uh, take over the country. That's what it means. It's, it's, it's a thing. Lori Lightfoot, who is refusing to do that to protect Chicago residents, their jobs, the the Ronald McDonald House, the rioters tried to break in to the Ronald McDonald House where those little kids recovering from cancer. Lori Lightfoot won't do that, but according to um, a citizen journalist, we're in an era of of citizen journalists just beating 
beaten the, uh, the the mainstream media usual suspects to the actual documenting what's happening. There's uh, on Twitter something called Live uh, Lives Matter Show. I think the guy's name is Drew Hernandez. Lives Matter Show. He has footage that is apparently outside of Lori Lightfoot's home. Security guards there were saying, you don't get to film any reports on this block. And apparently, she's also blocking protests from her block in front of her home. This should remind everybody of de Blasio walking the streets of New York when he told everyone else not to walk the streets of New York. It should remind everybody of Michael Bloomberg parked outside of a house. He said he wouldn't have AC on his car anymore. So he didn't. What he did is he brought a power cord out of a house and put a, a an AC unit that you would hang up in your window in his car. It should remind everybody of that. It should remind everybody in Seattle that the riots were allowed to continue until the rioters went to Jenny Durkin's house. The, in, in Seattle, it should remind everybody that Antifa tried to build an autonomous zone in Portland. The only time that so-called mayor stepped in was when they built it across from his condo or his place, his house in Portland. We've seen a flipping of society. Somewhere someone said, go ahead and flip the switch, become completely capricious and obvious that you're going to punish church and small business and reward big business, and you're going to punish the people in smaller businesses. You're going to punish kids going to school. You're going to reward rioting. Someone flipped the switch. I'm sorry. It is just too unanimous across the left. Let's talk to Tom in Reno, Nevada. Tom, you are on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Tom. Hi, Todd. You're doing an incredible job filling in for Rush. Thank you. We're praying for his total healing. Amen. I just want to say that we are in a a war that's spiritual and not physical. And just a reminder of that, this week is the anniversary of Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech in 1963. And I want to encourage everyone to go and read every word of that speech, especially during the RNC, kind of coincidentally, maybe not. Um, there's two incredible things that stand out that are extremely relevant at this time. He said that we must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow our creative protest to degenerate into physical violence. Again and again, we must rise to majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. And then he also said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. And it's so contrary to what we are engaging in right now. We've got to rise up and see that this is a spiritual battle and that we have to battle this in the spirit, not in the physical violence. I, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. And I will tell you, you know, speaking of spirituality, I was, I was reading a book um, to try to help me be a better Christian, and it pointed to the idea that Christ did a great flip. He said, hey, you know what? I'm going to hang out with tax collectors, and I'm going to hang out with, uh, with prostitutes and, and imperfect yeah. people, and I'm going to wash their feet. And it, what he was saying is, look, in God's kingdom, there is no prostitute. There's no tax collector. There's souls. What we see in the Democrat side, I don't know if you know this, but in Washington state— and in other states, but I know this particularly in Washington, they're reinducing segregation, reintroducing segregation into state government. They're having segregated staff trainings. Black people go over here and get training in empowerment. White people go over here and get training in apology, and literally in apology. And you must admit this. 
It's happening throughout government enterprises and schools. They looked at resegregating the schools in Washington State when they brought people back to bring in first black students and then students who've been traditionally marginalized and then students who've experienced homelessness and eventually getting around to white kids. It is a saying, no, in the new world, in the new flipped world, there are people who are special by virtue of skin color. It is a phenomenal thing to behold. I do think it's spiritual, and it obviously runs absolutely counter to what the reverend, let's not forget that together, the reverend Dr. Right. Martin Luther King had to say. Thomas, That's a great right. phone call. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Reno, Nevada. The vast reach of this audience, you know, when you – few of us ever get to take phone calls on Rush's show. It's just this incredible honor. But in three hours, you will hear the you know representations of the entire country. Please never forget how special that is. Please never take that for granted and the work that it took to build it. Never forget that. It's a remarkable thing that happens five days a week on EIB. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. There's one wish that I hope to see in the convention that the Republicans are putting on going forward, and it would be to have a group of police officers talk about their sacred duty to go home. And I would like to hear from police officers who've had to face uh, armed suspects or even unarmed suspects, because unarmed does not mean non-dangerous. And there's plenty of evidence to indicate that and to document that. So I'd like to see police officers given an opportunity to talk about their need to go home and also the terrible decision one must make sometimes as a police officer to use violence because violence never ends pretty. It can't. It's violence. I'd like to see that the convention to counter what is the horrendous and evil anti-cop rhetoric and actions uh, from the left. Love to know what you'd like to see as we roll onto the program. Let's talk to Mika in Waukesha, Wisconsin. You're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Did I say the name of your town okay, Waukesha? Well, it's actually McQuanago, but Waukesha is close by. Waukesha. Got it. I, and I appreciate you calling. What's on your mind? Hey, Todd. Uh, great talking with you. You know what? When I hear Joe Biden say he is fighting for the soul of America, I can't agree more. And I'm appalled when he says it because he is seeking to destroy his policies to destroy life. He's seeking to destroy our liberties. When you see looting, rioting, and he won't speak against it, stealing other people's property, when you see churches being fined $10,000, like one in a Baptist church in Santa Clara County, uh, Santa Clara, California was fined for meeting, for worshiping God. This is, we are fighting for the heart and soul of America, and this election is so pivotal. We need to turn back to God as a country. And when I see uh, this rhetoric coming from the left, it's, it's almost, uh, could be discouraging. But when I know the answer, when I know that God is the answer, and we need to make, put uh, the right choices first in November, it's heartening to see that someone is fighting for us and fighting for our religious liberty and fighting for life, fighting for our liberties to worship God. And that is such an encouragement to know that we have someone like that in the White House. It was a remarkable thing, Amika, to see President Trump become the president who is defending religious liberty. And for people who are non-religious, understand that religious liberty is just one flavor of liberty. 
And it is chosen on purpose. It is attacked on purpose because it's divisive, and the left is in an era where they want divisiveness. But understand this as well. What we're really talking about is your, is your right to possess a conscience. It's your right to have your own ideas, your own conscience, which is an expression of your soul. I contend, Mika, that the dearest thing that we hold as human beings, our dearest property, is in fact our conscience. Because to me, it is a combination of our biological self, our intelligence stored in our brain, and our soul. Those are the things that put us closest to God, but also the things that even for the people who are non-religious... That's what defines you. If, God forbid, you were paralyzed, you were still defined by the thoughts you hold and you're able to communicate. Our First Amendment says the government doesn't get to mess with that. Our Second Amendment says, or else, right? And so I really appreciate you pointing it out. It's a great, great call. Thank you, Mika. Going to try to get in one more call to be fair to callers. Diane in Alpine, Michigan, you're on Russia's show. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Diane. Welcome to the Russia Mbop program. Hi, Todd. How are you? Doing great. Fantastic. What's on your mind? Um, I just wanted to call and doom and gloom and being defined by who we are not as a person is ridiculous. This president has given me the right, the ability to just exercise my constitutional rights, to grow a business, to be where I am, and come heck or high water, I'm going to make it and I'm going to be there. So you're going to choose your future. You are like Maximo Alvarez saying, I, Diane, will be responsible for me, my future. You are like Tim you, Scott saying, I will choose my future. You are absolutely right. I've taken 10 years to build something I love, I enjoy doing, and I'm going to be here. When everything settles, I'm going to be here. And the only person on the docket, as far as I can see, that is giving me that ability is President Donald J. Trump. Donald Trump, the president, is protecting that ability against a massive onslaught to, uh, onslaught to take from you. I was just noticing um, in, my home, in my home state of Washington State that the so-called governor there, Jay Inslee, has now, under the cover of COVID, set his sights on destroying family farms. I'm watching a video from a woman who has 93 animals. She has no idea how she's going to care for because he's just announced to her, hey, if you give any tours, I'm going to take $10,000 from you. It's endemic to the left. And it is obvious. Someone, someone flipped a switch somewhere and said, it's time to shave down the number of small businesses we have in our country. Diane, thanks for the phone call. Thanks for doing what you do to propel the country. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. You know, um, I've never met a perfect person. Never have. I was just thinking about my dearly departed father. He was a really good man. He spent his life uh, working with kids. He was a, he was a social worker. And had some very hard duties as a social worker. His uh, last bit in his career, he had to show up in a house, and he was what was called a crisis intervention specialist. And he had to show up at a home, and he had to make the decision as to whether that child stayed in that home or that child left that home. And it was torturous for my father, because he always wanted to find a way to keep the kid in the home. And sometimes, for the child's safety, it just wasn't possible uh, my dad was a guy who wouldn't care for his own health. My ga- dad was a guy who drank too much, and he did some things in, um, in interpersonal. I won't go into a national radio. Uh, and he was a dear man, and he was a and he was a beautiful man. And sometimes he had a bad temper, and he could put a fist through a door. And occasionally, when someone attacked a family member, he could use a little bit of violence or physical persuasion. Overall, he was a terrific man and a beautiful man. We have a president 
some people will point to the imperfections. That's easy to do. Sometimes, as Rush Limbaugh has said, Donald Trump will say things, even his ardent supporters, to say, hey, I can't, I, I can't. And he legitimately stands between us in a for real, not pretend, not hyperbolic onslaught of communist statism. It's, it's not pretend. It's a very real thing. And God willing, we will work together to reelect Donald Trump. It's been my honor to fill in for Rush Limbaugh. My name is Todd Herman. It's the EIB Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.